0: Welcome to Kilts and Culture with USA Kilts. We're here to talk about all things Highland dress, the cultures and the heritage that created it, and how to enjoy the kilt in the 21st century. From tartan and trues to haggis and history, we cover it all. So sit back, grab your beverage of choice, and enjoy the show. Hello, boys and girls. I am wearing a mask because... Our stupid social distancing stuff that we got to do. But, it's a good mask. I like my mask. We made our masks. Um, today, special treat. Two special treats. First special treat. We are going to be trying the Scotch Bowmore. And I'm going to hand sanitize and stuff before I uh, pour this out. Bowmore is a an Isla Scotch. 15 year um, I I don't know if I've had this before. Um, if I may have had it like a long time ago, have you ever had it or no? No, I never had it. Okay, Mac has never had it. Ian, have you ever had Bowmore?
1: I don't believe that I have.
0: Okay, all right. So, Bowmore 15 year is we are to discover delicious dark chocolate, sun dried fruits, a wisp of Isla peat smoke, cedarwood. And trickle toffee. I love the taste of cedarwood. Mmm. Cedarwood is delicious. Um, all right. So, doing the thing since I got yelled at last time for not doing the hand sanitizer thing and whatnots. Sorry, Mom. Um, so. you we can get air sounds. It's like know. a seal that can't quite clap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bowmore 15. I would, I would normally open this and then smell it, but uh, I'm not gonna be able to do that right away. <laughs> all right, so now to drink, to imbibe the Bowmore, we have the oft coveted highly sought-after USA Kilt's Glencairn glasses. You brought the tray. Oh, I, well, I figured this way I can hold three at <laughs> once. <'cause laughs> I'm like, how am I gonna <laughs> juggle all this crap and not be able to, you know, touch all the things? So. All right. So, is it? I can't see. That's good. I think I'm going to like it. I'll pour a little bit more. <laughs> All right. There you go. I'll, I'll even them up. i got the bottle if I need to top off. I can. <laughs> All right. Now, this is the Bowmore. Now, we are going... We're going to try something a little fun, a little different. One of our employees... Jason started a company called Smoke Banshee Barbecue, and he smokes all kinds of different meats, and he also smokes cheeses. Now, disclaimer, his cheese is delicious. We've all had it. Um, so, I oh, I can smell it through the mask. <laughs> I know. Which, oh, I can't <laughs> wait. So we, we did want to see what would happen. Knowing that we like the cheese, it's a Cooper cheese that is cold smoked. We wanted to see what was going to happen. If this was going to complement the Scotch, as well as we think, or is it going to overpower? We don't know. We've never paired it before, but we're going to try. And since Jason has just started up his business, we're trying to give him a little bit of lovin'. So, more than the normal loving I normally give Jason. This is our version of wine and cheese. Exactly. It's wine and cheese, it's scotch we just, and smoked cheese. <laughs> we just eliminated the, the worst part of it and got rid of the wine. And put... Exactly. Um, but yeah, Smoke Banshee Barbecue. They have a Facebook page. Check them out, especially if you're local to... Pottstown, Philadelphia, Reading area. All right. Now, Mac, come on over. Ian, come on over. Take a glass and a block o' cheese. Ian, yeah, you gotta walk the gauntlet of cameras there. All right. I got my. Got my scotch. Now that we're done. Well, we we can be done with the masks. We are now all 10 feet apart. Feel much better now. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, delightful. Now I can smell the scotch. And still smell the cheese. All right. um, I'm going to do a little bit of water in mine to open it up a touch. Um, I don't know if either of you... You guys can if you want to. You don't have to. Um, But... Just a pinch uh we were when we were instructed we were told that really just like two drops three or three or four drops of of water is enough to open it up I found that I liked a little bit more water in it not like a ton not like fifty fifty <laughs> but a little bit more so all right Bowmore more 15 down the hatch well not down the hatch but <laughs> little bits of it down the hatch I'm not Derek, for God's sake.
2: <laughs> There's the cedar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taste
1: the cedar. Yeah. I'm getting that. Yeah.
0: A lot of wood. Mm hmm. Um, I get, like, just now, like, 10 seconds later, I get, like, a weird, like, taste back side of my tongue's. Mm-hmm. Like almost sourish. Um, like that kind of reaction. Not not actually sour, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's get your spitters working. Yeah. Salivatins. <laughs> the it's definitely smoke. It's not it's not it's not not smooth, but it's not real smooth. Yeah. It's got a little bit of
2: a bite to it, is the best yeah, way not, I can describe it. But not like a, it's not like a terrible bite, it's...
0: No, no.
2: It's just subtle, it's and, it's subtle enough to let you know that it's there, but it's not...
0: Yeah, it's not kicking in the tonsils, but it's mm-hmm. not, it, it's, it's, you know, it's using the tonsils as a, as a punching mm-hmm. bag. Not kicking them, but punching them a little bit. Yeah. Ian, what are your thoughts so far?
1: Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I'm, I'm I'm getting a lot of the cedar taste. I prefer a smokier taste over that wood taste myself. But it's definitely more balanced than what we tried last time we were. On oh, here. good so, God!
0: The smokehead yeah. was not balanced at all. That was no. a that was a seesaw with a heavy child on one <laughs> end. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the uh... I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm not very politically correct, I apologize. Ian just got that glass away. He <laughs> almost spit it out.
3: Damn.
0: Um, now it's it's still normally a, a an Isle of Scotch to me um is more of a balance of peaty and smoky and like a little bit of wood flavor. This definitely has a good bit more wood flavor. I don't taste much earthiness like peatiness really
2: a little bit, but not much. It's it, more smoke and wood. It says about chocolate notes, right? Yeah, it said chocolate notes. I don't get that See, at all. See, sit- the more I'm sitting here, like, after it's gone, like, I'm noticing, like, like if you have, mel- like, melted chocolate. It would pair well with chocolate. hmm I don't taste it yet. Now, it
0: may... Well, we just cracked the bottle open, so it may need to breathe for, you know, four or five minutes and let some of the gases gas off or whatever they do and... <laughs> stuff. Maybe we need to dip chocolate in it. Huh. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Alright, we're not, not supposed to dip chocolate in it? Alright, well, I'm going to try the cheese. Alright. We're going to pair it with Smokehouse Barbecue, or Smoke Banshee Barbecue. Excuse me. Smoke Banshee Barbecue Cooper Cheese.
2: It smells like Smokehead. Like we had yet last, last month, or last uh, couple weeks mm. ago. Well. But better.
0: It's it's got like, because of the the cold smoking process, I'm assuming the outside of the cheese mm-hmm. has like a the first eighth of, not even eighth of an inch like two millimeters is like a hardish kind of skin mm-hmm. on it for lack of a better term but it's good it gives it almost gives it a crunch kind of on the outside um, but the inside's still very very soft and smooth the the cooper right. velvety. Velvety even, yes, indeed. Velvety.
3: Okay. Hm.
0: It cut down the wood a lot. Yeah. That, that wasn't like a lumberjack reference it, but it, it it definitely like the smoothness of the cheese just kind of like tamped yeah. it all down
3: mm-hmm.
1: I was I was thinking that when I first took a bite of the cheese the different types of smoke flavor would be a little weird together and at first I thought that but then I took another sip of the scotch and it totally changed the flavor of the scotch yeah 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 I'm, I'm kind of digging this pairing I didn't think I would I thought I'd want a more neutral tasting cheese to go with my scotch but I'm enjoying this. Hmm. Mac.
2: I like the cheese. <laughs> 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 yeah, how do you feel about the scotch with the cheese, though? I'm echoing what you guys are saying. It's it's definitely cuts down the, the woodiness of it. I think it's it's kind of funny. Like last episode, we had the smoke, and this episode we have like the woodiness. I mean, smoke. Well, well, we're adding the smoke to it yeah. with the cheese. No, uh, it still this still has smoke in it. I know, but it's it's definitely not as pronounced as to oh, me. No. I it's not, not as pronounced as as some of the other ones we've had. Well, as smokehead, that was the only that was the
0: worst. I think was it? I guess it was Nyla, but it was. Smokehead was a very one we had last two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was like super super. Well, as the name name implies, super smoky and not a lot else. Um, the uh, uh, this is a little bit more balanced, although it still has a lot of the wood. And as I've discussed before, the wood kind of gives me a, the cedar um, or oak barrels gives me like a, a little bit of indigestion. And that's apparently a thing that can occur. Hmm. So yeah, so it's not. Not bad. Okay. Ian, score the scotch by itself. Okay. We'll do two scores. The scotch by itself, and then paired with Smoke Banshee barbecue cheese.
1: Okay, I would say the the, the scotch itself is a 6 out of 10. That's what we do, 10-point scale, right? Yes, so, you can do 6.2, yeah. whatever. It's it's good. I like it. it. it's It doesn't blow me away, but I like it. Uh, with the cheese, I liked it more. We'll get up to an 8, because I've, I've been eating this cheese for months now. I love the cheese. Cup. Mac. I'm
2: going to go just straight straight this by itself.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to go uh, 6.8. Really? I actually kind of, I don't. I don't mind it. I, I, I kind of like it. Um... This is like a back porch, sitting out, sitting outside Empire. on the back porch, roasting the s'mores. No, nah, I wouldn't say roasting the s'mores. Just, just after after doing some yard work or just sitting there uh, on a cool down, just taking a, a couple sips. I could see that. Okay. With the cheese, with the cheese. I'm gonna go um, eat one. You want with the cheese. Okay. Okay. High scores
0: from both of you. I'm going to go five. Like a, a flat five. It's literally, I was debating whether I want to go a little bit above five or a little bit below five. Five being just like very, very average box standard. Um, it's, yeah, I'm meh about it. With the cheese. I would, I'd bump it up to a 6-2. Like, the cheese definitely, I'm, I'm in agreement there. The, the cheese definitely softens everything in it. So, all right, Ian, cheese by itself. Smoke Banshee Barbecue, rating their cheese.
1: I gotta go 10. I love the cheese. I use it for grilled cheeses along with a little brisket. It's a, it's a great time.
2: Mac, cheese, 15 15. I'm going over the scale. Over the scale. <laughs> I'm going over wow. the scale. Wow. I'm turning
0: it up to 11. Dig the cheese. And Jason's a good guy. Yeah. He's so cute. <laughs> all right. Totes adorbs. It totes adorbs, indeed. Just for you, Jason. <laughs> um, all right, boys and girls, if you've never been here before, please load any questions that you have into the comments section, and we will... Answer them live. We are an open book for the most part. Um, and before we get started, or as you guys are loading stuff in, Ian's getting the comments under control. Maybe? No, no, no i absolutely not, not
1: getting these under control. <laughs> this is already out of control.
2: That's <laughs> what <laughs> I like to hear. All right, Mac, we'll start with you. First question. Well, first question was what everyone's going to be asking. What tartan are we wearing? What tartan are we wearing? Ian, what tartan are you wearing over there?
1: I am wearing the Pennsylvania State Seal Tartan, designed by one Rocky and Kelly Rager.
0: Interesting. That's a beautiful tartan. Two of you, not one of you. (laughs) Yes. an amorphous
1: blob. That's fine. Um, (laughs) I I won't call her that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very fair point. We're going to go ahead and edit that out, Coraline. I did not just call my wife an amorphous blob. Granted, I was in there as well as part of the amorphous blob, but I still don't
2: think she's going to like it. Mac. What tartan are you wearing today? I I am wearing one that that somebody so very kindly found when they were, were in Scotland. Um, this is the MacMichael tartan. Yes, mm-hmm. I was
0: over at uh, uh, we were over at one of our suppliers, and they have like a uh, an odds and ends room of like jackets that were custom that didn't sell or that that somebody returned or didn't you know pay the other half of. They had a bunch of odds and ends of fabric stuff, <clears throat> and they had like. 25 meters of McMichael Muted, which is Mac's last name. And uh, I saw it, and I forget how I knew
2: what it was, but I knew it was McMichael. Because I, I, was, I was looking for I think piece. you were looking to do a custom weave of it, yeah, maybe, was, at one point. Yeah, I talked about it.
0: Yeah, so I knew what it was. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, it's McMichael Muted. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, we have a bunch of extra, you know, just trying to get rid of it. And I literally called him mm-hmm. from my cell phone right then, standing in scotland in my supplier's office going hey mac i'm going to send you a picture i think you're going to want to see this (laughs) yep so uh yeah we ended up uh getting some of that for mr mac Mm -hmm. um today i am wearing the stewart royal weathered tartan um stewart royal or royal stewart is also known um is not a tartan that appeals to me too much from an aspect of it is everywhere a lot of people have it it's very very common Um, But when I saw the weathered version of it um, that Martin Mills came out with, I was just like, yup, big bag of that for me, thank you. Um, So, I ended up ordering it and uh,
2: making a go. So, yes, that's that. Now, can we get on to the actual questions? All right. So, we have our very dear friend of the show, Steve Sanders, (coughs) asking, should I match my face mask to my kilt? Should you match
0: your face mask to your kill? Interesting times we live in. Interesting times. Um... It, no. It's... Ultimately, it's... I, I would... I would say this. Um... My, my opinion on it would be try not to clash. So pick one that's neutral. If you're gonna select a, pace, a face mask based on aesthetics, not on functional properties. Um... try to pick one that doesn't clash with your kilts. Um, I know that there are tartan ones out there. Tartan isn't necessarily the best fabric to make a face mask from. Um, But there are, uh, you know, all kinds of different materials. There's, you know, different prints. There's, you know, solids. There's, you know, stuff that we do as well, obviously, with the polypropylene, you know, non-woven stuff. Um, But I'd say, ultimately, just try not to clash. Um, The, yeah, it's... it's. I don't know. I don't know how the face mask thing is going to go. Um, it's. It's a thing in like you know, some of the the far eastern countries mm-hmm. um, already from SARS and whatnot. Um, but it's not. It's kind of a fashion thing, but it's. It, it doesn't necessarily. The pictures I've seen have not matched the rest of the outfit
2: necessarily, unless it's like black. Um, I think it kind of depends on how this thing plays out. How fashiony it's going to get or not get?
0: Oh, I think it's immediately. I think it's already fashiony. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was shown ads for flyers, face masks, you know, filter not included, and I'm like, what the hell's the point? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's already, you know, support your favorite team and show their logo across your gob. Um, the uh, gob is means face, by the way. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that it's like, I don't know. It's to me, it's not. I don't want to say a joke because I don't think people are taking it as a joke because they're wearing a mask, and that's fine. Um, but it's one of those where it doesn't have to match. Maybe, maybe I'll do this. Maybe um, I haven't had a firm opinion on it yet. I haven't, I haven't percolated th- thoroughly on the topic. But I'd say this. To some degree, as long as it doesn't clash, to some degree, I guess I would kind of think of it like a spore, where it doesn't have to match the rest of the outfit. The sporen kind of stands on its own. So I might end up saying that the face mask can kind of stand on its own as well to a degree. Again, as long as it doesn't clash. It should kind of blend with it. Or, or maybe like Killhose. Wear one that like tones well with the outfit mm-hmm. um, if you have color options. But I don't know how many color options there are in face masks right now. I know there's a lot of weird print stuff. Um, and a lot of homemade things, but, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it, overall, you're more, the more concern is over protection than it is what design is on it. Um, whether you're, you know, there to protect yourself or protect others. Um, I think that's more the key in the whole thing than what pretty design is on it. Yeah, totes adorbs. Exactly. Um, I, I, I
0: would, uh. I'd pull the words from, uh, or my fellow kilt company owner Steve from uh, Utilikilts. Crash. Um, the motto of his company is "Form follows function." I would probably say the same thing here. It's um, the the form, the you know the 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 quality of the mask is more important to me than mm-hmm. how it looks with the outfit. Again, if you have your choice, try not to make it clash. But yeah, that's how I'm gonna kind of. Landowner, I think. Well, it's it's such a new thing to, to all of us. It's so alien. The whole thing is just freaking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It, none of it looks right. Um, maybe paint a big old smile on it or something. Um, <laughs> see if you can have like an artist draw your nose and a beard on it, and you know a little mouth on there. Um, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. That made me look at a lot of creepier. Get like a, a flesh tone one. And then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll paint my beard on it. Just make sure you get yours, and not, your, not your wife's, so you have like a... Yeah, like the heart suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get creepy real fast on this. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Mr. Ian, deliver us from this fresh hell of face masks.
1: Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I want to start question-wise. I assume that's what you're asking about, correct? So what? Um, you're, asking for, you're asking for a question? hmm Yes. So no, I want you to tell me how the weather is. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting a lot of questions about a particular topic. I think we just want to wanna gloss over real quick and get out of the way. I've got several questions from Chris and James and Victor about um, lead times on both PV and wool kilts. They want to know about the kilts and culture tartan. They want to know, are the mills open? Sure. So I thought maybe we could address it quick before getting <clears throat> into other sure. questions.
0: Um, we are making masks and we are making kilts on a limited basis as well here in the shop. The Kilts and Culture Tartan is the one for this show and for our Facebook group. Um, that one, we are starting to do them. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through them all. We are running on a limited staff and limited capacity right now, but we are slowly ticking away at them. Um, I'll let Mac Projected
2: for the pre-sale PV kilts, should the pre-sale PV kilts, meaning semi-tread and casual casual. Should all be done by the end of next week. That is just the PV pre-sale kilts. Should be all done next week. There may be one or two hangovers, but for the majority, all the all those should be done. You heard Then we're here, getting folks. in the wool after that. So if they're not done,
0: <laughs> call and ask to speak to Mac directly. I, I, I'll... I'll post his cell phone number at the <laughs> bottom of this video. Feel free to call him up two, three in the morning. He's up late. Um, I was the other night. <laughs> the um, uh, what was the other question? Uh, the mills. Mills. Yes. Um, the mills. Sort of like companies in the U.S. There, there was no. There's no like necessarily clear shutdown orders a hundred percent. Like here's the for instance, Pennsylvania. We had. Uh, we are a, a, a retail company. We are an e-commerce company slash mail order. If you want to call it that. And we are also a manufacturing company slash facility. So the retail store closed, it's going to be closed for a while. Even when we open back up, we're probably going to do by appointment only or something for a while. Um, the e-commerce section of us, which is still us, Um, Mm -hmm. was allowed to stay open because it's an e-commerce company. Manufacturing technically had to shut down, but we had a waiver to stay open because we were making masks. So there's this weird gray area, which we kind of live in right now. Um, The companies over in Scotland, the mills over in Scotland, some of them shut down entirely. Nobody in the office, no one anywhere, no one doing anything. Um, And they have weird laws about what is... Um, uh, financially going to be reimbursed from the government or not reimbursed from the government, who's allowed to work, who's not allowed to work, and that kind of thing. Some of the mills have had their, um, uh, their executive level kind of stuff going into the office or working from home part-time, and they've kind of started ticking, like some of the warehouse guys or one of the warehouse guys will go back into the shop and ship a bunch of stuff but not every mill. So they're kind of reopening slowly. Um, some are still closed entirely. Others are shipping on a very limited basis. And they're working through their backlogs of orders that were from three, four weeks ago that we were ordering way back then. We're just starting to get this, you know, having them ship them now. So we're still in this weird gray, nebulous, you know, purgatory um, of this whole thing. We don't see any quick and clean reopening. You know, if we thought the shutdown was messy, the opening is going to be crazy. Um, It's going to be in stages. There's going to be no rules. There's going to be some rules, too many rules. Who knows? So, bear with us. We have no idea, just like you, anything that's going on. We are getting information from the same source as you guys are. The UK is as screwed up as we are. Um, They're, generally speaking, two weeks-ish behind us. Over there, so it's we're all kind of feeling around in the dark for the light switch right now. So, as soon as things start going on, and when we flip the light switch, it's not going to come on. It's going to start, you know, lighting little by little by little. It's like so, those
2: old old uh, auditorium gymnasium lights that yes. that just kind of flicker for a little bit. Yes, exactly. I hate flickering lights.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's that. Next question, Mister Ian. Since you're not paying attention, I'll figure it
1: out now. Um, let's go with, I've got Logan on Facebook wants to know, are camel tartans rare?
0: Camel tartans as in tartans for camels? Yes. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) It is very difficult as a tailor to make kilts that will fit the humps of the camels. Um, the camel tartans, I'm assuming he means, is like you know, brownish, tannish kind of versions of a tartan. Um, they're not camel tartans. I know there's a Thompson camel, there's a Stewart camel, there's... Um,
2: what are the camels are there? This is the only two that like, pop in my head like first thing.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, they're rare, because we can only think of two of them. <laughs> um, they're kind of like fashion versions. By camel, what he means is like a light tan. Think of... If Royal Stewart and Burberry had a baby, um, the uh, so it's yeah, it's basically just a tannish fashion version of a tartan. Um, it's probably registered just because everything is registered now. Um, but it's yeah, they're they're rare because there's not much much of a call for it outside of fashion-y stuff.
2: Yeah, and for the most part, we see most of the camel tartans, which is. We have the Thompson Camel and PV. Uh, we do see a lot. It tends to be more women who order the camel tartans over over the men. Um, I think it's kind of more lines like the dress tartans with uh, that lighter color. seems tends to be a little bit more on the feminine side. And um, it, it straight up looks like Burberry. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Thompson like, Camel does. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: now Stuart Camel um, again PV is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very small set, so, also, so we, don't really, we don't even have it on the website. We don't offer it as a... We can get it, but we don't offer it because it's it's too small to make a nice kilt. Uh, was there any other camel ones?
1: Ian, can you think of any? Um, the only other thing I would think of, and this is stretching the definition of camel a little bit, but maybe saffron is something that might be suitable for somebody looking for that color palette, which would be a solid color. Mm,
0: nah, it's, I wouldn't Probably call stretching. it camel. yeah, yeah. If he's saying specifically a camel tartan, mm-hmm. he's looking for a tartan not a solid. But yeah, um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, not a very uh, interesting answer.
2: No, and again, it, as you said, it's more of a fashion thing. So yeah, indeed, not a bad-looking tartan. Um, it's just not not very sold. I don't know. It's a lot easier to weave sheep than it is to camel <laughs> fur. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh, Mac. Mac, Mac, Mac. Mm-hmm. All right. Ask another question. Mister. All right. Mac. So we have Adam asking, can you offer your best device on a kilt on kilt care for a first time kilt purchaser? Um, it depends on the kilt.
0: Um, there's no one size fits all kilt maintenance because it all depends on the fabric. Um, if it is acrylic, then there's care for acrylic stuff. I don't know because I don't have any acrylic kilts. Um, so I would say contact the manufacturer who made your kilt for that. If it's polyviscose, like the stuff that we, not what I'm wearing, but what we sell, it is machine wash, cold, lay flat to dry, um, uh, iron, medium, medium heat setting on the iron or lowest steam setting and do not use fabric softener. Um, for wool, if you don't know what you're doing, dry clean only, if you do know what you're doing, you can wet wash it. Um, I think we did a, uh, another YouTube video where I at least explain, we're eventually going to get to the YouTube videos where we give full on tutorials and stuff. Uh, but I think I did one on explaining how to machine wash or, or, you know, soak in a tub kind of thing, a, uh, a wool kilt to clean it, wet wash. Now, that being said, you don't have to necessarily wash your wool kilt every single time you wear it. You don't want to wash it, actually, or dry clean it every time you wear it, because it'll strip the the oils out of the wool. Um, but if it's standing up by itself, <laughs> time to clean it. Any thoughts from you on
2: Yeah, I'd say just cleaning? check with your manufacturer, whoever you got it from. They're going to give you the best advice. They're the ones okay. that dealt with the, sourced the cloth and dealt with the cloth. They're going to know what to do. And same thing with the leather. You want to make
0: sure that the leather is going to withstand mm-hmm. on oh, the straps, going to withstand either the dry cleaning treatment or um, putting it in the wash and that kind of thing. And
2: yeah, there's yeah, there's a few questions there. We've seen all kinds of things happen to leather um, over <laughs> over a time. Yes, indeed. All right, I hope that helps.
0: Probably not too much, <laughs> but I hope it does, Mister Ian. Next question.
1: All right, I think this will be a good question since we've got another "Oops, all kilt maker" edition here today. Um, Michelle Turner on YouTube wants to know: I'm making a kilt for a newborn due in August. Should I do a box or knife pleats, and should I use elastic band or use mix of elastic and a bit of Velcro so he can grow with it?
2: Um,
0: new uh, newborns grow pretty damn quick. Um, box pleat versus knife pleat doesn't matter either way. Whichever is easier for you. If you like doing box pleats, I don't know why you would, but if you like doing <laughs> box pleats, have at it. Um, knife pleats are going to be easier for you, yes. Um, make sure you don't put make the, the pleats too deep. I and mean, the baby is not going to walk and make the pleats swish. He's going to lay there and, uh, and drool on himself. So, make them shallow, kind of like women's kilted skirt. Make them pretty shallow, because you don't want to have all that material bunched up underneath them. Ideally, if you could, make it from... 10 or 11 ounce fabric, don't do it from 13 or 16 from an aspect or PV you can do it from, from an aspect of you don't want to have harder scratchier wool, not that 16 ounce or 13 ounce is all that scratchy but on newborn sensitive skin, the lighter the softer the fabric, the better it's going to be. Um, for the waistband it's when I did mine for, for Liam, when, when we had our son, we actually had a kilt ready to go, have some Beautiful pictures of him in a little basket in the hospital um, in his first kill. Uh We just did elastic. No, check that. We didn't do elastic. We just did pleats across the back and Velcro across the front. If you're making it yourself, it's just your time and your labor. It's not a lot of money, assuming, unless you're buying, you know, super expensive cloth. But it's not a lot of money. So what I'd say is he's going to outgrow it. Or he or she is going to outgrow it in... Two months. So don't worry about trying to make it grow with them and adding extra material for the waistband. Forget it. It's If you have a kid's kilt with a very simple pattern, it's only going to take 20 minutes on the short end to an hour, hour and a half if you're slow and meticulous on the long end. So just make it without the elastic. Make it to the right length to fit them and get some photos in it so there's evidence that they wore a kilt, especially when they're teenagers and don't want to wear it anymore. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. I wouldn't try to stretch it out at that young age. Once they start being able to walk and move around, then I'd put a hem in the kilt. I wouldn't necessarily monkey around with the waistband too, too much.
2: Yeah, if you're gonna just for for pictures and or potentially want to have it a little bit longer, get enough material. I mean, you're only going to be using. <laughs> Good boy. Yeah. That much material. You're going to have the whole rest of the bolt, the rest of that that section of yard of yardage. You get two yards. You, that's. Yeah, you can make a couple out days. of that and be set for, <clears throat> as they continue to grow, until they get into where Rocky's saying about they're kind of level off a little bit. Um, but yeah, they're going to grow like a wildfire. So yeah, they're just make it to the size and go. Absolutely.
0: Hope that helps, Mr. Mac. By the way, mm-hmm. I have a whole plate of
2: cheese over here. I know. I just realized oh, that's <laughs> delicious, dude. Oh, I'm just gonna sit here with my cheese and scotch. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, so we got Eric asking. Uh, his question is regarding his P V great kilt. Is it normal to have loose threads along the edge? They are rather long. So I'm guessing he means the cut side. Excuse me, I'm still chewing. <laughs> the
0: when you order a great kill, whether it's for awesome or, or from somebody else, <clears throat> you're going to end up with a cut length of cloth. That's all a great kill is. So it's four, five, six, whatever yards of cloth cut, and the the top and the bottom, the warp threads are going to be you know a nice tuck salvage. Um, in the the weft. The, the crossway is the shorter distance across the cloth. You're going to either have, depending on who, well, frankly, who does it here or wherever you buy it from, either a cut edge or a little cut in a ripped edge. And over time, you're going to have a little bit of uh, fraying, fringing on that edge. A few of the threads may come out. It's not going to unravel. It's not a woven garment. It's a knit gar- it's not a knit garment. It's a woven garment. So it will not unravel like a sweater. If you pull a thread on a sweater and you walk away, to quote Weezer, it will unravel. Um, For a woven garment or a woven piece of cloth, when you pull a thread, it's just going to come out and stop. So I wouldn't worry about it too, too much. If having a fringed edge down the front apron bothers you, you can hem it. You just have to flip the fabric over twice, sew it down, Sorted. That being said, my guess is that the fringe on a traditional or not traditional, the fringe on a contemporary current fill of egg, come from the, the. It's effectively an artifact, a holdover from the great kilt, the um, where it's actually you know the the ripped, you know fringed edges, and then you just kind of translated that. My guess is in the mid-1800s, late-1800s, over to fringe on the front apron of a kilt, and that's why there's fringe down the side. Am I complete bunk? Or is there any evidence to that? I, I, you don't I would
2: either? go along, right along with that theory. It okay. seems to make sense. This is a theory.
0: This is not a fact. This is not me saying I know. This is my guess. A, a best estimated guess. Educated, excuse me.
2: Guess. Yeah, that, I would, I'd 100% agree with, with that that theory. It seems to... To make sense that thing, because from other things that we've seen, um, why we do certain things, cause, because because it comes from earlier something that was done earlier, it just seems to kind of blend in that way. Yeah. Indeed. So if it bothers you, hem it. If it doesn't, let it fringe. Don't worry about it. Or if it, you know, or fringe out like a half inch, and that'll that'll cut down on. Oh know, yeah. Getting it caught, getting it. You know, caught every two or three times you're putting it on, then you have you're all tangled in threads in your your hands. But I hate threads. Um. <laughs> minor minor hazard of our industry, Mac. Yeah, or you got to rip something and it gets gripped with your finger. That's oh yeah, fun. That's fun. Thread
0: like paper cuts. Those are fun. Ian, how do you feel about the old thread paper cut thing?
1: Uh, I love paper cuts. Am I supposed to just play something different here? <laughs> yeah.
0: it's, when, you, when you rip fabric, yeah. um, occasionally an errant thread will, like, jump from one side to the other, or it'll, like, it'll pull through your hand fast, and then you'll end up with a nice little, uh, uh, burn slash cut on the finger. Those are spectacular. Mm. Love those.
3: Okay. it's
0: mm-hmm. enough of that. Mr. Ian, next question.
1: All right, Mac on YouTube wants to know why do Gilly Brogues have the metal part in the heel? Is it just to make them more clippity clappity? What is the history behind the metal part?
0: The the clippity clappity <laughs> of the metal heel um, allows. No, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to warn <laughs> Eric on this. Um, now the uh, the metal heel cleat. It's it's called a heel cleat. It basically stops the heel from wearing down. If you notice, it's not square in the back of the shoe. It's off to the side. It's the part of the heel of the shoe that actually gets worn down. If you look at, take one of your normal pairs of dress shoes that do not have a metal heel cleat. One that you've worn for a while. And you'll notice that the outside side of the back side of the, of the shoes will be worn down before like the straight back will be worn down. That is why the metal heel cleat is there. That is why it is positioned in the way that it is, so that as you're walking, you're not wearing down the heel on the shoe. There's probably more
2: you know to it than that that I don't, I'm not aware of. Yeah, it's historically. Another, but. This is another carryover thing, type thing we just like, talked about. In, in military, you had in a lot of military shoes, you had heel plates, you had toe plates, you had hobnails um, to save the wear and tear on your shoes and it's those spots that get worn the most usually get those types of metal bits added to them. And again, it's just a rollover from, from those shoes that are still being used today. And it's Rocky's point. You you look at your shoes, you're going to see those wear spots and that's why they're placed in those particular spots. There's also an inordinate number of tap dancers who also
0: (laughs) wear kilts. So no, not at all. Um, yeah, you just got to deal with the clippity cloppity. Um, if it bothers you, because it, when I first, I got one, my first pair that had that metal heel cleat, I hated it. Um, and we have hardwood floors in part of our house, and I was really not about to screw that up and get screamed at. So I actually took my shoes to a cobbler and had them change out the basically the entire heel on the shoe. I was going to just have them try to, like, replace that block, but they ended up saying, no, it's just, it's cheaper and easier to just replace the whole heel piece of the shoe so he replaced it and he felt horrible that he had to charge me 20 bucks to replace the heels on the shoes because they, were, they weren't they were even worn and oh my gosh I'm so sorry I have to charge you and I'm like it's 20 bucks dude whatever um, for a heel piece when I'm asking him to do something custom for me um, but yeah it's if it bothers you try to find a cobbler local to you see if they can do it um, if not don't walk on hardwood floors and you'll get used to the clippity cloppity
2: Mr. Clydesdale. For a... If you have to walk on hardwood floors, something you can do... (laughs) Something you can do to help that out so you don't damage the hardwood floors or the other danger is linoleum floors, depending on how much metal is on your shoes. That can be fun. Yeah, yeah. Know from experience. Um, Take electrical tape, black electrical tape. Cover the, the metal bit with the tape you're not going to you're not going to damage the floor. The risk of damaging the floor is a lot lower. lower. Yeah. Um, it'll wear through eventually, yes. Yeah. Like by the time you leave the house. But, but yeah. you're you're saving the floor in in that in that instance.
0: And potentially your marriage. <laughs> Indeed. Mr. Reno, I'll ask you one more.
1: Alrighty, so this is a subject we've well covered before, but we're getting a lot of questions right now specifically related to socks and footwear. Uh, Chuck and Logan and Ashton are all asking about it. Uh, they want to know, do you wear kilt hose if you're going casual with sneakers? What kind of socks can you wear with a casual kilt? And more specifically, do you recommend kilt hose for more casual use, like you guys wearing a T-shirt and a golf shirt, respectively?
0: Right. Um, I, I kind of draw the parallel for the, the, the kilt hose and 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 shoes um, to the rest of the outfit. Imagine, you know, you know replace kilt with pants. So, not, not physically, don't do that. Pants are horrible. <laughs> um, replace the word kilt with pants. If you're wearing a polo and a pair of khakis, what kind of shoes would you wear? What kind of socks would you wear? If you're wearing sneakers, I'd say cotton crew socks, you're fine. If you're wearing dress shoes, then I'd say probably a pair of kiltos and a pair of wing- and a pair of uh, a set of flashes. Um, shirt, it, it's kind of it should balance out the outfit. It should look like it goes with the rest of the outfit. When I'm wearing a polo shirt, typically I'm wearing sneakers and cotton crew socks. Occasionally, I'll wear kiltos and a pair of wingtips or a pair of uh, ghillie brogues or whatever. Um, in that instance, it's fine. If you're going to dress up a little bit more than that, a dress shirt, then I'd say, yes, uh, a pair of kilt hose, pair of flashes and a set of wingtips or, or ghillie rogues.
2: Yeah. My everyday is, is sneakers and low cut socks. Um, polos is kind of the thing that is a gray area. Could go either way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause if I'm in, if I'm in here wearing my polo, I'm wearing the low cut socks and sneakers. If we go to a festival or if we're you're going, also working. Yes. Yeah. If we're going to a festival or if we're going out on a little bit nicer dinner or we're going out to dinner, more than likely I'm going to wear a kilt ho- hose. Probably my day brogues in that instance or, or gillies, depending on where I, you're going actually, and what you have. Tendency more, I'd probably wear my day brogues more overall, but ghillie brogues will work just as fine with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, if I'm wearing sock, wearing sneakers, it's low-cut socks. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The uh, If
0: I'm doing something manual labor, I'll probably end up a little bit dressed down, therefore probably sneakers and low-cut socks. Um, the two, it, it's kind of, as you kind of alluded, the, the weird uh, uh, parallel is not only what are you doing, the physical activity, but also the shirt and making sure you're It's, it's, well, it's, I don't think it's weird. Never mind. I'm I'm taking back the weird bit. Um, you're, I tend to balance my knee to ankle or knee to toe with my waist to top of head. So if I'm wearing something casual up top, casual on the bottom. If I'm wearing something dressy on the dressy on the top, dressy on the bottom. The two things that I would say were kind of fall in the gray area are polo shirt. And an Oxford shirt, the the button down mm-hmm. collar USA kilts shirts that we wear on the show sometimes. Yeah, um, those can go either way. You can dress it up a little bit, or you can dress it down mm-hmm. with a pair of sneakers. Again, it that th- what I would say there is it really it really matters more the function that we are at. Yeah. So if I'm at a festival or something like that, versus a dinner, or if I'm working in the in the shop. In, like making kilts that day versus in the store that day in front of customers wanting to dress up a little bit
2: makes sense except for when you're working on machines because you're always dressed oh to the, Jesus you're God. always dressed uh, the, your best when we're working on machines it no matter what happens
0: I, w- I will come to, to, to work in a tux it won't ma- I'll come to work like dressed to the nines that's the day the machines break and mm. Mac can't fix it. He is very very handy. Like if I know if Mac can't fix it, I know I'm in for something. So he'll he'll be like, hey, uh, I'll it'll be time for the show. I'll have my, <laughs> my vest on, dress shirt, even a tie sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I'm feeling good about my outfit today. Hey, Rob, machine broke. Can you go ahead and fix that and get oil all over yourself if you don't mind? That'd be awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's my luck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's the foot hose that we'd wear. Or the foot, the footwear, <laughs> footwear that we'd wear while fixing sewing machines. When I'm dressed, I'll, uh, I don't know how to end that. I'll leave that
2: there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mr. Mac, next question. All right, we have just to make things awkward. <laughs> we have Dale asking. Another well-respected kilt comp- kilt-making company, specifies that there must be a difference of at least two inches between the waist must and seat measurements. Can you explain why they might require this? <clears throat> Two, different, two inches difference between the waist, waist and, and seat. the seat, a.k.a.
0: the hips. Yes. Okay. Um, probably because no matter how much of a cylinder you are built like, when you sit down, you still expand a little bit in the rear end. Your, your weight, your organs, your fat, it all shifts when you sit, so you still need a little bit of ease at the bottom of the fell to allow to expand when you sit down.
2: Is that a pretty succinct answer? Yeah, it's pretty spot on. I mean, on average, I'd say our average is, for the most part, we see about a four-inch difference. For that. a pretty much common uh, difference between the, uh, the waist and the hip but I think two inches would, if it, yeah. That thought just went gone.
0: Yeah, no, at least two inches. Um, Even if you have, let's go the opposite way. Let's say you have a 48 inch belly and a completely flat rear end and you have a 44 inch hip. So your belly actually sticks out in the front, the old Dunlop disease. Um, Dunlop, as well as Noastal, um, diseases, both of them, oh, horrible, horrible situation, um, you still need a little bit of ease because you're still gonna shift and move and, and, and displace things within your, (laughs) within your skin. Um, you're still gonna move around when you sit down. You still, your body still expands in weird ways, so you still need a little bit of room there, um, even if it you're you're shaped you know, like an inverse cone, and ultimately the reason why is because when you sit down you're putting stress on the bottom of the pleats. The fell is the sewn down section between the waist or you know, the top of the kilt and the widest part of your rear end. That's called the fell. And when you sit, you're putting stress on the bottom of all of the sewn down sections. And if any of those are not you know back tacked correctly, um, you're going to end up splitting it. So, you want to make sure there's definitely enough you know, room to sit down and expand a little bit, because the more you expand, the more pressure you're going to put on there, and you're going to just pop the, we- the weakest seam. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Indeed. See, Mac is a man of few words, so <laughs> when we go to end a question, Eric is normally like, yeah, yeah, and then he'll add something, and then we'll just kind of end it. Mac's like, yep. Here's how I'm gonna end this one, Mac. You know how I'm gonna end this one? Some cheese? With some cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not gonna make it awkward and just be silent and
2: just chew. Tasty, smoky cheese. Mm, tasty smokiness. I need more it's only... in a minute. It's a shame that they can't smell the the smokiness of the cheese. Mm. I'd
0: say we could light the fire, but that's in like the, the nebulous region it is. between us. <laughs> they can't see the fire. It, would also add a lot it could of be lit. Food. They don't know. The fire is lit. That's what I <laughs> smell. Damn it.
1: Ruined it. Alright. Did you ask that one or did Ian? I did. Alright, Ian. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, rest in peace, Eric. We'll, we'll, we'll miss him greatly. Um, but uh, we've got a Wait, question. What? <laughs> <laughs> you were just talking about the difference between Mac and Eric. Never mind. We should okay. move on. <laughs> uh, Dreg3791 on Twitch wants to Twitch. know...
0: Twitch! <laughs> we get very excited when we have, like, three <laughs> Twitch viewers, period. So thank you for being on Twitch. If you want your question, absolutely asked on the show. Go to Twitch. <laughs> ask it there. We're looking for Twitch people. Sorry.
1: Go ahead, Ian. <laughs> it's, a, it's exactly three, actually. So... <laughs> let hope we're going to top four. Damn it. He wants to know... Typically for universal tartans, how long does it or sorry, how long is the fabric on the bolt?
0: How wide is the bolt of fabric?
1: I think that's what he's asking, yes.
0: For universal tartans? Yes. Meaning for most tartans. Sure. Um, there is no there is no single answer. Um, typically, uh, cloth comes two ways. Single width, using my finger quotes, which I know some of you love. Single width and double width. Um, I'll even do both. Even with the coffee. Skills. Um, double width cloth is generally between 54 on the lower end and 60 inches wide. 62-ish for some really wider ones. Um, single width cloth is between 28 and 32 inches wide. Generally that kind of range. So there's no, there's no good answer. Um, if, uh, if you're ordering material for a great kilt, it gets a little bit wonky because we have to make sure that we're ordering cloth that is in fact double width. If you're really really tall, Kirk Kinneman looking at you, the uh, he's six foot eight or something like that. He's freaking ridiculously tall. Um, for him, he needs for a great kilt cloth that's at least. 60 inches wide because if it's 54, he's either not going to be able to pull it up and gather it at the shoulder or it's going to be a micro mini and Lindsay would love that. Um, But for uh, some of the cloth, like House of Edgar, basically about, what, 10 years ago now, um, Mm -hmm. got a new high-speed loom and they kind of bastardized it to be able to weave single width with a traditional kilt salvage on one edge and then about... Two years ago, year and a half ago, Lock Heron started switching Mm -hmm. over their looms as well. So some of theirs are single width. Some of theirs are double width. Um, There is no standard. It's if you need a particular width on the bolt of cloth, if you're doing uh, something for a project and you need curtains and you need the the cloth to be 60 inches wide because you're going to try to get like big old panels out of the actual fabric, then the best bet would be to call and verify before you order anything like that. Um, Because there's no... Unless I'm ordering, you know, 30, 60, 150 yards of cloth custom just for you, there's no way for me to specify, you know, I know that, you know, you have McFarlane hunting ancient in single width, but I want it to be double width because they would say, yeah, then go ahead and order a custom weave.
2: Yeah, the... Edgar more than likely is going to be single with, um, with the exception of 16-ounce stuff. No. Oh, that's true. They do have, 16-ounce Nevis, not their 16-ounce heavyweight. Yep. After
0: I said that, I just remembered. And their Heberdine range is double width and 13-ounce, not, yeah. Yeah. Best bet call. It's fun keeping it all straight.
2: Cheese. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mac. All right, so we have Mike asking, "How high up is a traditional tartan worn?" So I'm guessing, how high up is a traditional kilt worn? Hmm. Sorry. So does it hook right on? Yes, nipples. You just right wear, on nipples. Yeah, just <laughs> right nipple level. It's just hangers. Where you wear it? Yep. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> stopping right now. Uh World's shortest suspenders. <laughs> um, a, a traditional kilt is worn above the belly button. About two inches above the belly button. The If you take your thumb, go to your side, draw a line right from your belly button over to the side of your body, and jab your thumb into the side of your body, you'll feel a bone. That bone is actually your hip bone. Your waist measurement should be taken... Just above that measurement or just on that measurement. That is your actual true waist is at the top of that bone. Now, your hip measurement or your seat is taken around the widest part of your rear end. Um, Where was I going with this? I completely lost train of thought. I don't know. I went just going hip bones connected to the... That's where I started going. (laughs) Yes. So, your kilt is worn above... You're just above your hip bone. Just above the widest point of view, which is that bone. Think of yourself not as a human with flesh. Think of yourself just as a skeleton for a second. If you wear your kilt and cinch it in right around the widest part of that bone and crank it down, it will not fall down. That's the point. That's why that is the proper place for your kilt to be worn. That's the top buckles on your kilt, on the right side and on the left side, cinch down right on that. And it's not like your belly, which can, you know, flex in and out. It's not, it's, it's not going to move. It's a bone. So if you cinch your kilt down right at that spot, it'll stay right there, won't move. The rise, the two inches above the top of the buckle, goes up and kind of supports your belly a little bit. But the buckle cinches right on the
2: widest part of you. And then if you look at... Then you go to military-style kilts, you're going to see a four-inch rise. So you're going to get two inches more above. Talk about nipple kilts. Yeah. yeah. Some of them. Some of those images you see, and it's... Especially the short dudes. Because they're, they're, all... they're just being issued. And they were all 27... What, is it 27-inch length? Uh, it varied. There was three lengths. 27... I think it was 20... I think it was 27, 26...
0: Either way, but yeah. if you're five foot four and you're wearing a 26-inch kilt, it's going to come up to here. And yeah. I, I've seen some old-timey photos of, you know, British military mm-hmm. dudes with the kilts way up top. Yeah, it's... Creepy looking. Yeah. I... Yeah. We've gone off there. on a tangent here. Mm-hmm. It's pretty glorious, but yeah. I need more cheese. Just because you can't have any. <laughs>
1: And I'm going to actually insert here because uh, just got a message from Eric. Apparently, he's doing okay. Uh, oh, people are thank very thank God he recovered. People are very concerned that Mac isn't getting enough cheese. They want to see Mac have some cheese, and they think Rocky is just hogging it all. I am.
2: <laughs> Would you like more cheese? Now, there? now, the actual person who's hogging it all is the person that's not even in his room, Jason. No, he's downstairs. Oh, Lucas. That boy will take a block of cheese and just eat it like a
0: like a like a carrot. That's pretty much. His bowels must be bound up for weeks. I mean, seriously, that boy eats cheese like a rat. Mm-hmm. Wow. A bit personal here. Sorry about that, guys. Would you like some cheese, Mac? I'm good for right now. I will share the cheese. I'm not gonna throw it, I'm not gonna touch the cheese. I know. Mom yelled at us. That's right.
2: I'm good. Ian, I have brisket at home. Yeah. Would you like cheese? Or are you okay over there?
1: Uh, I'm good. We have to get through too many cameras and lighting rigs and all that to get there. I'll probably knock something over, we'll ruin the whole stream. We don't want that. I could use my mask
0: as a sling <laughs> and it, like, whip it at you, like David and Goliath
1: style. <laughs> Again, too much. That yeah, lighting rig is coming down. Out. Okay. My not that good.
2: <laughs> all right. Next question, Mr. Mack. All right, we have our lovely friend from the state of Ohio. Lovely. Sean Smith. He is lovely. He's asking, adorable. What options are there for more modern kilt jackets if you don't want something like a PC Argyle Crail or Sheriff Mirror jacket? I'd
0: actually say Crayle is almost kind of modern-esque, so I would kind of a little bit disagree with him. A, a PC Prince Charlie jacket and vest, is the formal? That's the one with the tails and the Braymar mark cuffs, um, super fancy, um, short-waisted jacket and coaty, um, or short-waisted coaty. Yeah, vest and coaty. The uh, argyle jacket and vest has the gauntlet cuffs, has the uh, the braided epaulets, and has the scalloped pocket flaps. So they're even though they're less than formal, they're still a little traditional leaning or like. I wouldn't say frou frou, but kind of like fancy ish. So I think what Sean's talking about is more like a Wallace jacket. That's
2: the first thing that popped or, in my head.
0: Yeah, something very simple, contemporary, kind of stripped down. Um, you could there's a jacket called a Wallace jacket, where it's basically it's one button on the back side of the cuff, which is just so you know, a crail cuff. Um, but that's what it's called. And it's just one button on the back. It's a crail cuff, and you can actually have suit flap pockets. Instead of the scalloped pockets, you can have three buttons down the front. So it's a little bit longer profile down the front of the jacket. And instead of a a nice sweeping down by the sporn, it kind of, it turns a little bit quicker at the bottom. Um, So there's a few different things you can do. What I would not do personally is wear a normal contemporary suit jacket with a kilt because it tends to be too long. It'll cover up two thirds of the back of the kilt. And then you end up looking like you're wearing your, your daddy's suit jacket with a kilt. Um, it just, it's a mix-match thing. It doesn't quite work. But yeah, a Wallace jacket. There's a lot of custom stuff. There's a lot of little tweaks that you can do depending on the manufacturer. Um, I don't like to get product heavy, but we can do a lot of different things for jackets. They're going to cost a little bit more because they are custom. But we can tweak things. We can make things just so, just for you. Um, in the same way that most companies who have a good relation with their tailor? Ken.
2: I think it depends on what... And in this situation, like I said, Wallace jacket stuck out in my head in this. I guess it depends on what bells and whistles you're wanting to keep or exclude. Because yeah. even some tweed jackets, like you could... Some of that isn't the way you can... you know, Adding more buttons or deleting the buttons or having... The um, lapels on the vest. Yeah. yeah. So it, it just depends on <clears throat> what See, direction me, you're going
0: to me for, for tweed, for tweed, it, tweed just feels so classic. Um, it's and so earthy. It's, it, it, it screams like Victorian turn of the century or last century. Um, it's, it's one of those where it's like, it, it wants to be more traditional versus contemporary. Um, there are a lot of contemporary things done with tweed. You could do it. I guess it would work fine. I don't know. Um, did we answer his question? I think so. Okay. I hope we answered your question. Sorry, Sean. Mm-hmm. I hope that answer helps. Ian, next one. It's, <laughs> We're just going off the cuff. I feel like a politician. We're going to answer the questions we want to answer, not the questions you're asking, but we're going to say what we want to say. It's not going to matter. Go ahead.
1: Also, perhaps you've aged so much because you're not used to having to sit through such long Mac stories. I maybe (laughs) see (laughs) that. All right. Jumping right into a serious question here. Kaboom on YouTube wants to know, how do I get my family to accept my kilt wearing?
0: You wear it and you don't care what they think. It is your life. It is your happiness. It is your decision. Do you ask them, do you dictate to them whether they're allowed to wear the color pink? Do you dictate to them whether they're allowed to wear Nike sneakers or Converse? You don't dictate to other people what they're allowed to wear. Why should anyone be able to dictate to you what you're allowed to wear or not allowed to wear? There are certain scenarios where it may be, better suited or less suited for wearing a kilt. But if it means something to you, I would sit them down in a serious way. Not just like a casual, hey, uh, it's dinner time, but uh, yeah, I'm going to wear a kilt tomorrow, so I hope that's cool. No, it's sit them down and say, look, I want to have a discussion. And you know, I want to have a family talk or a one-on-one talk, if it's one parent or wife or whatever. And just say, look, I've decided... Not, I'm thinking about, I've decided that I want to start wearing a kilt. I want to start wearing a kilt on occasion, not every day, but, or maybe do every day, but not every day, but I want to start wearing a kilt. And it really means something to me, and here's why. Open yourself up a little bit, be vulnerable, explain to them why it means something to you, and let them in on the decision, let them in on the process, and then if they say, no, I don't like it, you are able to say to them, I understand your position. I understand why you wouldn't like it. I understand why you may be uncomfortable with it. But it's something that I've decided to do. And unless it's your parents and you're living under their roof, they literally should not have anything to say about what you decide to do with your life and your wardrobe, as long as it's not hurting
2: anybody. Yeah, I mean, you just... You eventually... Eventually, what's going to happen is you're going to wear it to enough things and then you're going to show up that one day without wearing something else. Wearing pants, wearing shorts, whatever. And they're going to be like, where's the kilt? Why aren't you wearing a kilt? Or you're going to well, show Well, they up- may not. Your friends may and everyone else who knows you may. Yeah. It's... I mean, I've had that where, you know, you wear it to a family thing and everybody... Oh, look at the skirt. <laughs> and then eventually, it becomes the fact of why didn't you wear your kilt? Oh, I really like that one. It, it becomes... It becomes a conversation piece. It becomes part of who you are. Mm-hmm. It's it becomes part of your your being. Your what you're presenting
0: yourself to the world as. So if you want to wear a kilt and it means something to you, you need to you need to prioritize your own happiness and your own decisions over people whose opinions either they matter, but it's not you. You're not dictating to them what they're allowed to do, and you should expect the same in return and the same courtesy in return for your life. Period. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Straight to the serious (laughs) on that one. I'm not messing around with that. It's, yeah, I'm done. It's a good answer. I'm leaving it right there. Mm -hmm. Mr. Ian, go two for two. Give me another one. Let me wreck somebody else's (laughs) shop on that.
1: <laughs> um, Cameron on YouTube wants to know for all the kilt makers, have you ever made a kilt for yourself and said, uh, That's not what I wanted? Have you ever made a kilt that didn't turn out how you wanted?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Matt
0: knows <laughs> exactly where I'm going to go on this. <clears throat> what, what was the name of that? Carnegie of Skibo? Something like that. Yeah. There was, okay, here's the quick story there's a Isle of Sky. Loved the Isle of Sky Tartan. I had the Isle of Sky Tartan, loved it, wore it, you know, wore it a bunch of times. Really liked it, and I figured, okay, you know, I I didn't think of myself as a purple guy. You know, purple is one of those colors where you, you either love it or hate it. There's not a lot of gray area. So, I had a five yarder and an eight yarder in the Isle of Sky Tartan. Wore them regularly, and figured, you know what, I'm gonna do another one. So. Martin Mills came out with a, uh, a tartan, and they called Carnegie Skibo. It was kind of a fashion tartan, and I looked at it, swatch book, got the swatch, said, "You know what? That's it. That's the next one. That's the next purple one." So I bought a few yards of it, made it up. I was excited about making it. You know, you know, it took you know a day to make, get done with it, strap it on, you know, go out to the changing room, put it on, walk out. Peacock and stand in front of the mirror, look at myself, and I'm like, I hate this tartan. (laughs) I did not like it on myself nearly as much as I thought I was going to. So I took it off, put a price tag on it. Somebody walked into the store five minutes later. (laughs) Couldn't have been five minutes later and said, you know, I'm looking for a purple tartan. And I eyeballed them, looked them up and down, and I was like, you're about my size. <laughs> Let me show you this special new tartan that we just got in. Pulled it out. He put it on. Fit him dead perfect. And he was like, I love it. I have to have it. And I was like, Whew. I did not just waste a day of work. So, yes, I have made a tartan, which I completely hated once I put it on.
2: Mac, anything you've I see, done? The, the other one that are, that I remember... Was you trying to do one on the bias? Oh, the bias kilt. No. Did I? I gave up on that. You did. three quarters the way through. You did. But that was was a start. Yeah. That was a started,
0: not finished. Yeah. For the bias kilt, just while you're thinking about yours, I wanted to see a kilt on the bias. My wife, Kelly, told me it was a horrible idea. I did not believe her. I should have believed her. (laughs) So, sewing a kilt on the bias... Bias means like on the diagonal. So when you actually take fabric that is woven, that is, you know, if you pull it, you know, on the square, across, in line with the lines, you pull it taut. When you pull it straight up and down, in line with the lines, pulls it taut. When you pull it diagonal, it actually stretches a little bit. I didn't quite account for that when I started the kilt. So I, you know, cut out strips of, cloth diagonally and had to splice them together and that was horrible. Then I had to hem them because, you know, it was all cut edges and that was horrible. There was a good amount of wastage because I couldn't get all the way to the edge because it kind of became an angle, so that was horrible. And I put the front apron in and started sewing the pleats and I was noticing that they were stretching as I was sewing them and that was horrible. And I got about two-thirds of the way done, and I was like, yep, I'm done with this. And I just
2: <smack> threw out the cloth. It was a failed attempt, never do it again. I'd say probably for me the most... I him and haul, even though I have my collection over there, um, I him and haul a little bit on what I'm looking at, looking for next. And when... The viewers at home order a cloth, and it's one that I'm interested in possibly getting. And after pleating some of them up, I've looked at them and said, yeah, nope, this one's, and this one's now out of the book for me for whatever that reason may be. If you're going to move a five-yarder and it's it's difficult to pleat yes. or something
0: like that, it's, yeah, there's a few of those. Yeah, where, Or I would it, only do this one in an eight-yard because yeah. there's more fabric
2: to work with. Yeah, because yeah. it changes the whole dynamic <clears throat> look of the tartan. Um, like the Collins, of sky that the one that I definitely want to get like that is one that I would definitely do in an eight yarder, um, just by the way the way it ends up leading up doesn't look doesn't look bad, but I think it'll look better a certain way. But Mac, for those who don't know, has what we in the
0: industry <laughs> call sable stash acquired beyond life expectancy. The man, <laughs> Ian's chuckling back there. The man has
2: a dozen kilts worth of cloth? Maybe? Uh, It's probably about six or seven over there. At least.
0: Yeah. At least six or seven kilts. He will buy the cloth and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make this. He has Flyers tartan fabric or the Broad Street Bullies tartan (laughs) uh, that uh, he he and I made up together (laughs) and wove for ourselves. And I've had my kilt for several years now and Mm. I'm going to end up buying his cloth from him because I'm going to wear my kilt out before he <laughs> makes his into a kilt, period.
2: I've had my tweed, my tweed kilt over there halfway pleated for two and a half years now. Yeah. It's one of those the shoemaker's kids have no
0: shoes kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, except you have kilts. You just
2: don't make the other ones. Uh. It's because I'm too busy expanding contraction. like. I'm expanding again. Not that anybody can tell. Uh. It's, it's not like we're, you know, we're
0: we're working so few hours recently. It's really we have all this free time. Yeah, it's <laughs> for those who don't know, twelve hour days, six days a week, and I'm not exaggerating no. by any stretch of the imagination.
1: So I worked for USA Kilts for six and a half years, and in that time I don't believe Mac has ever made a kilt for himself.
0: I make him make kilts for me because I'm too lazy to do it now.
2: <laughs> no, the uh, the crest, the last, the crest one I wore. The other, uh, long for crest. Congratulations!
0: Well, Four years ago, Mac made a kilt for himself. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to be fair, that was also training uh, training Emily on a five yarder So, <laughs> very good. All right, next question, Mr. Mac. All right. So we have Jim asking or saying. I saw some younger dudes on St. Patrick's Day, with their pleats in the front. Is it worth trying to correct them, when they're probably going to wear it one day out of the year? Or is it better just to set a good example by looking sharp, and proper in your own kilt? I'm gonna, I'm gonna defer to Ian and you first. I want to hear your guys.
0: I know what I would say. I've, I've said it before. I want to hear what Ian has to say on this. Someone's wearing a kilt backwards. St. Patrick's Day. Probably drunk. Possibly not. What do you do?
1: Okay, so if we're talking St. Patrick's Day, I am probably at home on my couch. And <laughs> you're I'm not out missing this,
0: this in this <laughs> hypothetical scenario, you're yeah, out yeah. in public partying like a rock star. That's
1: a that that's a good question. I mean, I'm not a very outgoing person, so if they're not part of my immediate group, I probably wouldn't end up saying something. But if an opportunity arose, I would, you know, try to politely pull them aside and, you know, not call them out in front of everybody. That's a big part of this here. You don't want to make them feel stupid for wearing it wrong, but if you can, on the hush, be like, hey, I'm a pro, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> you might want to turn your kilt around, but look how I'm wearing it.
0: Did you notice that everyone
1: else has the plates in the back? Notice how I look so much better than you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mr. Mac, how would you handle it? I'm not going to go running across the bar to say it, but if we're... In would test- you wing a bottle, then? We could. Okay, fair. Um, depends, on, depends on what the bottle is. But more 15. <laughs> I may need some more scotch soon. Um, and cheese. I have cheese, you know. Mm-hmm. Eric, or Lucas has a stash. We could take him. He'd never know. It's true. Um, yeah, I... This clip gonna, is going to make no sense now. No. We're talking about cheese. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going <clears> to... <throat> if we're walking past each other, or if we're near, I might say, hey... As an FYI, um, you might want to turn around. It's supposed to be worn this way. Um, Also, kind of judging their character. uh, If they're sloppy drunk, have at it there, buddy. You got it. Yeah. It it depends. I would say
0: this. It depends on a few things. One, if it's St. Patrick's Day specifically. um, If they are highly intoxicated or making an utter ass of themselves in general nah not worried about it do you do you pal um if they are reasonably intoxicated that it sounds like they could actually hold a coherent conversation um uh, my, my typical thing is this I would I would wait for an opportunity or I would take them to the side or kind of you know whisper in I wouldn't do it in front of their buddies I wouldn't scream it across the bar hey jerk um, I would be like, hey, you know, dude, you look awesome in your kilt. It's awesome that you're wearing your kilt today. I'd i love it. Um, the one thing you might not know, typically the pleats are worn in the back. Um, see, that's how I'm wearing it. That guy over there, he has his pleats in the back. That's usually how it's worn, just so you know. But otherwise, awesome job, dude. Um, give him a little, you know, the Oreo sandwich. Mm. Give him, you know, positive... With the with the uh, the critique in the middle, and then another little bit of positive to kind of soften the blow a little bit, um, but ultimately, it's it's to me it goes back to the good ambassador thing. It's not in kilt wearing. If there's one rule, one rule that everybody for the most part follows, it's pleats in the back, period. So if that's the one rule that they're breaking. And they don't look like they know what they're doing. I'll kind of, you know, bring them in a little bit and explain it to them. But I'll do it to the side and I'll do it in a in a, uh, uh, a mentor kind of way, not in a know-it-all. I've been wearing kilts for 15 years. I'm a pro. Way. <laughs> I'm just digging at you. Um, no, but it's it's one of those like just so you know. But it's you don't make a big deal of it. You just kind of say it almost in passing. And you just kind of nudge at them a little bit, and you're you're trying to help them. You want them to look good because ultimately, they are wearing a kilt. They are representing kilt wearing to the world. So you want them to look good because that reflects on you and how you're wearing it to the world, and how we're all wearing
2: it. Yeah, festival is usually an easier scenario. Yeah, to, well, festival. <laughs> Not well, some of the festivals we've been to, no. but <laughs> but, t- t- but typically it's usually. Usually, the more people are like, "Oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry." Like, you know. and it's
0: easier when it's also easier to, to Ian's point about being a pro. It's easier when we are in the USA Kilt's booth wearing a USA Kilts shirt with a tape measure on our neck to have that level of gravitas and to be able to say, "Look, you know, just so you know, you know, typically it's worn in the back. That's how we teach people to wear them because that gives you the instant credibility." Versus if you're a random dude at a bar saying, eh, "Just so you know, you wear it in the back," um, although. Either is, you're right, whether you're working for us, working for a killed company, or just a random dude at a festival, typically it's, that's how we would do it, is kind of, you know, gently. So all that street cred. Exactly. Street cred. Mm-hmm. Again, awkward end of the question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say today, I'm too tired. Ian, throw another one at me.
1: All right, James wants to know what's your opinion, and I'm very interested in the answer to this question, too, by the way, what's your opinion of Laphroaig Tweed and other whiskey-related patterns? Where can we get them?
0: I would love to know where to get the Laphroaig tartan pattern, and if you can find it, let me know. <laughs> I would like to buy some. Um, Laphroaig, uh, a company in Isla Scotch, actually has their own tartan, and <clears throat> I believe it was woven by the Isla tartan mill, um, and their... I think they did... I want to say... I know they did a, like a tweedy version. Tweedy tartan. Um, a tartan made from tweed fabric. Um, in that particular tartan. I want to say they also... At some point did like a regular version of it. Maybe. I don't know. But it's it's not available. I've called up the Isle, Isle, Isle Wool Mill. I've tried to get the fabric. They basically said, Nope, it was a custom thing. They're done. If they weave it again, you know, we'll sell you some. I called up Lafroig. Hey, please. I'm a kilt maker. Can I, like, hey, buddy. Nope. Don't have any. So sorry. So sad. They weave, like, tartan blankets in it and other things in it, but not kilt cloth. And believe me, it cuts me to my soul. Um, I need to have a kilt in the Lafroig tartan, being my second favorite scotch. However, they do not do it, so I cry myself to sleep weekly, knowing that it will never
2: come to pass. Max, like, I, I don't care. Whatever. I can't say that I've seen it. Um, it's brown and green, I want to say.
0: Okay. Um, it's, it's like, you know, the brown of the peat and the green of the moss and blah, 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 whatever. Um, insert explanation here. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a nice tartan. It's it's very earthy, obviously. Um, but it's one of those where there's, there's a few... Uh, scotches that have tartans and there's like an even an international whiskey tartan or something where there's like hmm. there's like words printed on it. Um, hmm. It's 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 basically it's marketing shtick. It's it's all it is. If you like Lafroig a lot then I would say yeah it's worth kind of seeking it out and if you can find some great awesome again let me know because I would like it too but it's not the end of the world.
2: Um, there's there's a few it, it's yeah it's just marketing so it's more like a corporate type tartan where yeah. like UPS has two different tartans <coughs> or not Amex that, has a tartan not that we've it, ever yeah. seen them use them for anything but i know
0: it's yeah but it's they did weave it but it's no lo- they only did like a run of it it's okay. not readily available that's that's the problem with 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 the tartan register is there's a lot of tartans that that exist that you can't get or you have to custom weave so you, re- you got to like $1,000 love it to be able to get a kilt in it if A, you want to have the money, or you have the money, and B, if the the place that owns the tartan, you know, the Freud or Amex or whoever, um, will allow you to weave it. If it's a copyrighted corporate tartan, a lot of times they won't let you weave it, even if you want enough just for yourself, they want to have a strict control over it. So, yeah. Again, if you can find Lefroig tartan, let me know. I'm down. Put me down for four yards. Mac? No? You had you have to see no. it. You, you haven't seen it. So. If
2: he could find the McDuck tartan. <clears throat> it's so I'd bad. Be all it's so bad, dude. It is so bad, it's amazing. <sighs> <laughs> no.
0: I'm not going to insult the Montgomery clan by saying it looks similar to that, but just a different color. Cause it's so freaking simple. <laughs> Love you, Monty. Um, but it's one of the, like, McDuck tartan. It's it's so, like, it's so Disney, like, phone it in. It's just a single line on a, I think it's like gold on green or something. It's it's just bad. Mm-hmm. No. It's terrible. It's no. amazing. Ian. You look, like, you look sheepish, like you <laughs> need um, to say something. The,
1: the comments are popping off. I do just want to add, I'll, I'll avoid some of the, the sillier ones, but uh, Kirk, no. <laughs> Kirk Kinnaman, a good friend of ours and a moderator on our Facebook group, has mentioned there is a whiskey and bourbon tartan available somewhere. Yeah, there's and, a few of them. And Eric has suggested that I tell you that perhaps maybe USA Kilt should consider designing its own whiskey and or scotch tartan. He apparently wants to make more work for you. <laughs>
0: Fair point. Um, no, there's a lot of div- there's a lot of different tartans we could do. Um, at mm-hmm. some point, we have to just kind of relax a little bit. Um, I don't know. I could, I could see doing a whiskey tartan at mm-hmm. some point, but if it's already been done, is there an... Uh, nah, I gotta look this up now. It's like, is there? I know there's like two International whiskey Days um, on the calendar. Like, there's two competing ones. Hmm. Um, a couple different whiskies have their own tartan. Like, I would be curious if there are existing whiskey tartans, how many there are. Uh, you don't want to water down, no pun intended, a market that's already yeah. has multiple tartans representing the thing. hmm I don't know. You gonna put a pin in that? Indeed. I'm gonna contact Bowmore, 15-year-old <laughs> Scotch. And see if they uh, if they need a tartan. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I could I like doing tartans. I like designing mm-hmm. them. It's fun. The Kilts and Cults are tartan. That could be. Well, that's that's would be a. a it good it would be pretty good, reasonable for whiskey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the doesn't have any green in it, but it's got the brown and the gray. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Lefroy has uh, orange in it too, uh, like an orange stripe. But uh,
3: okay.
0: Yeah, it's it would either have to be like if it's for a specific whiskey, either using the ho- corporate colors, or it would have to be like brown and green and gray. You know, brown for the peat and green for the for the moss and gray for the smoke and blue for the water and whatever, and black for the people who died <laughs> making whiskey, I don't carrying know. the barrels. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy barrels. Yeah, brown for the barrels.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'd have to do something like that, but it's—I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how much. Yeah, I don't know. It could be good. It'd be a project. I may have to try it now, just to do mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I don't know if I could top the K&C tartan, the Kilts and Culture tartan. That's my new. It's, n- it, it's. I'm. I'm. Not trying to break my own arm to pat myself on the back, but uh, I think it may be my 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 new current favorite. We'll so, see. Is it a mic drop situation? It's never might Like, I'm not dropping the mic and walking out of the room. Like, it's. I can't. I got to make money. Yeah, that's true. It's, I got to do this for a living, Max. I mean,
2: it's no. I mean, what's our other scenario? Having Lucas with a box of crayons downstairs designing? <laughs> Drawing tartans on masks. <laughs> uh, I need more scotch. It's like Harold, the purple crayon. <laughs> All right, enough of this silliness. Mr. Mac. Throw All the next righty. one. So we have Kerplunk8011 Kerplunk Kerplunk I was in the U.S. Army And now I'm a 32 degree Mason If I were to, to purchase accessories for Army and Mason Would it be okay to wear them with my Douglas tartan kilt? Yeah I don't see any reason why
0: not um, Whether you're a thirty-second degree Mason Or a, a member of the U.S. Any of the armed services um, it is something that you've earned. You've gone through steps to become this thing. You've earned the right to do that thing. So I would say, yeah, it'd be fine to wear any Masonic accessories or Army accessories or Army spawn or whatever with your Clan Kilt. I
2: see no problem with it. Now, are you, would you? what would your thoughts be on, let's say, a Army Kilt pin, a Masonic buckle, a... One of the two sporn. Would you want to have all the accessories be one, or would you do like the buckle, kilt pin, the metal bits in one, and then the other one?
0: It's that to me is is a personal personal preference. It's I wouldn't do I wouldn't mix a clan. Tartan with a clan with a different clan crest, so like a Stewart Kilpin on a Campbell kilt or something like that. I wouldn't do that. That being that being said, for a a a brotherhood or or a, a group like that that you belong to, whether it's the you know the army or, or masonic stuff, I would. I don't see any problem mixing and matching those. For me personally, I'd probably pick two things. I would pick. The clan tartan I wanted to wear, and a single theme of accessories, and it doesn't have to be Masonic, kilt pin, Masonic, belt buckle Masonic sporin, Masonic plate brooch, Masonic earrings, Masonic you know lapel pin, Masonic cap badge, whatever. It's Masonic tattoo. It, it could be you know just a regular day sporin, a, a a fancy like the Fenrir buckle and a Masonic Kilpin. Like I would do one little bit just to kind of. And would fly the flag a little bit for that thing. Other people would completely disagree, and they would say, no, I'm a Mason. I'm damn proud of being a Mason. I will wear everything Masonic, cufflinks and cap badge and everything simultaneously. Um, some people will want to say, well, I am a, I, I a McDonald, so I'm going to wear my McDonald kilt. I am a Mason, so I'm going to wear this. I served in the Marine Corps, so I'm going to wear that. I was a firefighter, so I'm going to wear a firefighter cap badge. I was also, you know... And, 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 So you can take this to the nth degree if you want. There is a there is a, a level of watering it down because you're trying to represent everything simultaneously, which means individually less for any one of the individual things. Um, but you can do either or. It's personal preference. I don't see a problem
2: with it either way. No, I, I, I agree. I think it's definitely personal preference. Like for me, I would... Me personally, I would do, do the whole theme. It would be all the similar. All NASCAR. All That's the time. Exactly. Yes. Patches. May 17th can't get here quick enough. Um, unfortunately, I won't be able to go to any of them. Uh, <laughs> no fans allowed. Um, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> hey, but at least we're running. Yeah, it's not like the NHL. <laughs> Sorry. Tangent. But yeah, it's. I. I for me I like the of uh, the whole thing to to flow. So I would I would have the multiple sets. I would do you know, buckle, kilt pin at minimum the same. And then with the spawns you have your options, then again, do you go day spawn, do you go hunting spawn, do you go with all the, the variables that there are with those? So um And I'll say this, this is
0: this is where this is the the nuance this is the fun part part of Highlandware It's you get to express yourself within the bounds of good taste within not rules but within the conventions of Highlandware. So these are areas where when I say or Max says or Eric says this is a personal preference scenario it's something that we' that's our you know code word for do what you want. This is a cool area where you get to do express a little bit of personality or have a little bit of fun and not break rules, finger quotes, um, where otherwise, like we're saying, you know, you don't wear an eagle feather, that's breaking a rule, period, Um, or breaking a convention. So it's, these are the areas where there is fun, there is nuance, there is a little bit of gray area for you to be able to express your own personality. And that has to be part of this as well. This is your outfit. This is you wearing what you want to wear. So this is the area where you get to express that and have a little bit of fun with it.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Cool. Done. Ian. Next one. I've got a question from our good friend Chris in Washington State coming to us on Facebook. I have to ask this because I see it every week. Why does Mac's kilt seem to sit so much higher than Rocky's kilt?
0: Because I pull my kilt down a little bit when I sit so that it comes to my knees so I'm not flashing the camera. <laughs> that's about it. It's, it's just basically how we sit. Strategically, mm. I pull mine down a little bit. Um, that's it. It's camera tricks. The magic behind the... Uh... Exactly. Mac likes to wear everything up by his nipples. He is going to move to Florida... In a few years, sweet, and fits straight in. Humidity—he
2: loves humidity. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> better get it, better. Stock up on body glide. <laughs> well, All right. Um,
0: Next question, Mister Ian.
1: Okay, let's go with a question from Eric on YouTube. He says there are several loose long threads on my great kilt. Is this normal? Is there a way to fix this?
0: Isn't that the question we asked? We answered
1: earlier in mm-hmm. the show. My apologies. I did not I did not catch that one. Um, let's go to a different question then from Brendan on YouTube. Can I wear a charcoal Braemar jacket and vest for black tie?
0: Say again, I wasn't listening. I was making <laughs> hand gestures of killing you and firing you and thumbs <laughs> down and caesarean things.
1: Brendan on YouTube wants to know, can I wear a charcoal Braemar jacket and vest for black tie? Charcoal
0: Braemar jacket and vest... For black tie, uh, it depends on how truly black tie it is, and how how comfortable you are standing out. Black tie typically means black tie and black jacket and vest, or and or vest, um, or and vest. The uh, and, and a, a very formal. It's a structured thing. So changing your jacket over to charcoal brings the, the, the level of formal, the formality down a bit. It's going to look more earthy. I like the look of it, um, but it's not formal. It's charcoal. Um, Adam uh, had a story about this. Basically, his brother had a wedding and his brother said, it's a formal wedding. So just, you know, wear what you want. And Adam said, is it, is it formal, like black tie? No, he said, it's a black tie wedding. So just, you know, nice. And Adam said, is it, is it, is it black tie, like formal? Or is it just like nice or a suit or, or, or casual? And he's like, oh, you know, it's like, it's like, it's casual. It's like black tie. Like, n- no, no, no. Those things, th- those things don't connect. It's black tie or it's casual or it's black tie or it's smart day wear it's not the same thing. Um, so I would say if it is a, an event that you're attending, get clarification from the event organizer. If it's a wedding, that is your your college roommate. Um, call up Johnny and say, Yo, Johnny, you said black tie in the thing. Is it actually black tie or is it like just like a nice suit kind of thing? If it is... The Saint Andrews Society, and they are having a formal black tie event with a scheduled, you know, seven course dinner, and there's like, you know, all kinds of pomp and circumstance. Then, they probably actually mean
2: black tie, not charcoal Braymar. Yeah, I I go everything you say. Yeah, but it, it it's always better to err and call whoever's hosting the event, or if someone's been to that event multiple times. Just, hey, how, what is their level of black tie here? Because you said that there are people are using that term differently, and it's kind of got to gauge where where exactly on that scale they mean.
0: Yeah, it's I, w- I would say this: if you're asking because you own a charcoal bremar and you don't own a PC, and you're invited to a black tie dinner and you don't know if it's gonna fit or not, or you don't have the scratch to spend the money on a Prince Charlie or you're not sure you're going to be going to any other any other formal events, rent it. Just rent the Prince Charlie jacket and vest. Do it for the one event. If you are in your mid-twenties and your friends are starting to get married and you're going to get more use out of a Prince Charlie, then consider buying one. If it's just going to be a one-off and you're never going to want to wear it again, forego it and just rent it. Um, or... Like Mac said, or like I said earlier, just call the event organizer, verify what they actually mean by it, and then kind of go from there. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
2: I like that answer. That was pretty good. Okay. Mr. Mac. All right. We have Scott asking, as a new wearer, how do I find out which tartans I can wear outside of my clans or utility type kilts? I'd love to get a great kilt, but have no idea what would be a good wearable tartan a good
0: wearable tartan and outside of your does he does he have a
2: clan tartan did he say or no it does not specify for sure that he has one he's, <clears throat> he's new new to a, he's a new kilt wearer so i'm assuming he's got he has his clan tartan he's potentially looking at getting another kilt okay but it might is it okay for him to get a something let's say he's a douglas clan would it be okay for him to get yeah. x clan over here. <clears throat> I would say this.
0: Um, on our website, if you type in your surname, whether that's Douglas, whether that's Reed, whether that's McMichael, whatever it is, type your, your surname, your your last name or the last name of your Scottish ancestor, if that's the way you're going, into the search bar, and it will pull up associated names or associated tartans for that name. If there is a particular tartan that you like, great. Have at it get that one. If there is nothing that you like, or there's no name associated with it, then look for universal tartans or district tartans that you like, because those are not necessarily associated with a clan. Other people will say, well, you know, consequences be damned, I'm going to wear the tartan I want to wear, just because I like the look of it, period. Fine. Have at it. Um, There's no hard and fast rule of you're not allowed to wear it there are conventions there are not rules so if you are a i don't know if you're a buchanan and you hate the buchanan tartan and you want to wear a mcdonald tartan or a Stewart or whatever then you can wear it there's nothing stopping you specifically from wearing it you may get questioned You may, hey, is that your family tartan? And you say, nope, this is the McDonald tartan. I just really happen to like this one. I am a Buchanan. My other Buchanan kilt is at home. Um, Or just be be prepared with some kind of shtick to to regurgitate the people as they ask you the question, because they will. Um, There are also, as I said, universal tartans, Scottish National, American Heritage, Royal Stewart, you know, the list, Blackwatch, the list goes on, of what you can wear that anyone can wear that aren't necessarily associated with a clan, so that would be another good option for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I started off with getting a family associated tartan, and then have kind of spiraled off from there, although I kind of end up... Spiraled. Kind, kind of, of spiral. Ended up with a lot of <clears throat> associated, because McMichael's a step of Stuart, so a lot of what I have is along those lines. Um, but you just, I've kind of found out, well... I wear more of this color. I want one to go with, like, being a Penn State fan. Like, I wanted something that was blue on the blue scale, so I went and looked for something that that spectrum. So it's along of certain things that I wear on a normal basis or certain colors I wear on a normal basis. I've also found me myself going after those those tartans that, oh, this one I can wear a lot more stuff with or this one I can wear more stuff with and kind of gone that way with it, too.
0: Yeah, it's... Ultimately, again, it's personal preference, it's there are people who will buy tartans strictly because it means something to them. They are ascribing a meaning to the cloth, to the pattern, and to the history that is tartan, and they will say, I will only buy my clan tartan. There are others who say, I will wear what I want to wear when I want to wear it because that's just me, I'm a free spirit. There are people who will kind of split the difference, and they try to have some association or connection to a tartan no matter how vague uh so it's again it boils down to personal preference there is no one right answer there are conventions there are not rules you do you cool like we have time for about two more maybe three mr ian lay it on me
1: i've got big j joining us on big j Twitch? Yes. He wants to know, would a Highland shirt really work for the Highland games, or is it considered semi-formal?
0: It's not semi-formal. A Highland shirt is, effectively, it's made up. Um, It was made up, uh, if I had to, I think Eric did a little bit of research on this, Mm -hmm. I want to say the 1950s-ish, there was kind of these piratey, fantastical, brigadoony theatrical type shirts with laces up the front, a little bit poofy in the shoulders and/or arms. A Highland shirt is not a historical shirt. It is a shirt designed in the nineteenth, nineteen hundreds, twentieth century, to look like something that would have been worn in the nineteenth century, eighteen hundreds. So. It's this weird, costumey, quasi-reality that just kind of became accepted and people started to wear and it looks period enough that people accept it and either believe it or just like it and so it's now a thing. Um, Same kind of thing with grandfather shirts. Well, no, check that. It's kind of the opposite thing with grandfather shirts. (laughs) They existed and they continue to exist. They're not... Let's say 1800, but they may be early 1900s, late 1800s, that kind of time frame when the grandfather shirt came to be. So there's, but there's still a strong representation of, you know, working class feel to it, you know, salt of the earth kind of thing. And it still looks very, very Irish today. So that looks great with a kilt. And it kind of complements it, but neither of those are semi-formal. They are both casual. So wearing it to the Highland Games, sure, absolutely. Wearing it to a dress dinner with a semi-dress sporran, you're kind of mixing mediums. I wouldn't like. I'm in my brain. I'm I'm trying to put a Highland shirt with an argyle vest. It doesn't work. In my mind, do people do it? Sure. Um, if it's if it's your bag and that's what you want to do and it's that's your artistic statement of your outfit, this is just my opinion. Have at it. Um, John McPhee from the Doobie Brothers wore a Montrose doublet on stage because he just really liked the cut of a Montrose doublet. Um, it's and with jeans, so it's not something like it's an artistic interpretation of the thing. It's just, cl- in, in some level, it's just clothing. So, you do you with it. You figure out how you want to look and what you want to look like and what style you kind of dig on and
2: do it. I think that's been com- the common theme for today's episode. Is it's you figuring out <clears throat> your look, what your style, you, what you want the end result to be. I know Eric loves when I say...
0: You do you. So, you do you, buddy. You do you. Um, yeah, it's, it's Highland where, there are, again, there are conventions. There are not rules. There are traditions. There are things that are generally observed. But it's still a living thing. It's still something that has to evolve. It has to have your own interpretation in it or else it will die and because it's just going to become relegated to being a costume. It also is your personal expression to the world of who you want to be. There are people who wear kilts just because they are representing tradition, representing their heritage, and that is it. That is their sole focus, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's also people who wear kilts because it's fun, because it's different, because not many other people are doing it, and that's fine too. It's your interpretation of what you want to do with your life, with your outfit, with your look, and how you want to represent yourself to the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get it. (laughs) All right. Bam. Take that, person over there. So
1: the uh, comment section is already having a rousing discussion about designing a you-do-you tartan for the group.
0: (laughs) I want a you-do-you tartan. As hideous as possible, screen printed with Eric's face (laughs) (laughs) right in the crotch, because he hates when I say you do you, so I'm going to have to make him part of this. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Mac, one more from you, then one more from the peanut gallery. All right, so we have this question we've had quite a bit, and we actually have Eric and Colleen um, asking it, uh, so have we had... Many or any people that want, kilt, want a kilt or accessories, but are allergic or too sensitive to wear it. Uh, uh, it goes on to say they've supposedly heard a rare allergy. I've uh, known a handful of people, including themselves, who cannot touch wool. Uh, they break out in a rash, or and they're wondering you know, what alternatives there might be, or how does one find out if they're allergic to wool? <clears throat> How do you find
0: out if you're allergic to wool? We had a customer, Mm -hmm. have a customer, Tony Kramer. Mm -hmm. Looks hairstyle like (laughs) Kramer from Seinfeld. Love the guy. Um, He swore to me. He's he's been a long-standing customer 15 years easy. Um, He swore to me up and down stack of Bibles that he is allergic to wool. He cannot wear wool. He will die if he wears wool. And wore it for year or wore our PV kilts for years. His wife, a uh, wonderful woman, was trying to convince him that he wasn't really allergic to wool. He may be a little bit sensitive but not allergic like he's not gonna die. And he swore that he was. So we were at uh, Celtic Classic. We were selling off our wool kilts. We used to do kilt rental. So we were, we were getting out of the rental business and we were selling off all the, all the pre, the old rental kilts. And I said, you know, he came into the booth and I was like, Tony, here's the deal. we got all these wool kilts. We're trying to sell them. You're not allergic to it. I'm going to let you borrow the kilt for the day because it's dry cleaned. And if you don't like it, if you're allergic, fine, give it back to me. I'll just dry clean it again and sell it off as a used Kilt because it is. And he went home that night, put it on next day, wore it all day and came back at the end of the day and said, you know what? I don't think I'm allergic to wool. So some people believe they have a wool sensitivity or wool allergy, and there's there's varying degrees of sensitivity with it. In his case, he still has some. Like when he wears his wool kilts, if it's going to be hot and prickly kind of weather outside, he'll wear a pair of bike shorts underneath because he doesn't want to you know, be in too much contact with it, but it's in the middle of winter, he's fine. Um, if you don't know if you have a wool allergy... I have a weird and original idea. You ready for this? I'm, I'm, I'm buckled in. <clears throat> Buy, this is, this is it's, it's borderline creepy, but it would work. <laughs> Buy a wool swatch of the tartan that you think you're going to want to get. And use a safety pin, pin it inside your underwear. And wear it for the day. If the wool swatch causes a reaction, whether you pin it in the backside, like on your bum, um, so that way it's you're sitting on it all day and you're rubbing up against it, and if at the end of the day there's a visible reaction to the wool swatch of fabric, I mean like 4 by 6 or 6 by 8 whatever, of fabric pinned inside your underwear, nobody can see it, don't worry, you're not going to make a fool of yourself, except you know your wife's going to know. Um, if there's no reaction then you're not really allergic to wool. If you're wearing it for a half hour, by the time you get to work, your butt is itching and you're, you're, you're sweating and you're breaking out in hives and you feel weird, then then you know, unpin it, take it out of the underwear, put it in the drawer. You know you're allergic to wool. It's a good minor cost test to figure out how sensitive you are to it without investing in a full kilt. That, my friend is creativity. Mm -hmm. Pin a wool swatch inside your underwear. Never thought I would suggest that in my life. (laughs) Especially (laughs) recorded on video. Here I am telling people to pin wool inside their underwear. Mm
2: -hmm. I was going to say your allergies change throughout your life. Um, I wasn't allergic to bananas, but apparently I am now. Um, So it's one of those things where... You may have you may have had a sensitivity, now you may not. Um, so yeah, you gotta just or like he's saying, pin it there or or take a piece <laughs> and rub it on your arm. You know, it's honestly, you may say your arm maybe like I was trying like, to do sensitive. skin. That's what I was just thinking. Maybe like the like sensitive your thigh. skin
0: and have it in contact for an extended period, not just rub it, because rubbing it you could actually antagonize the skin. Yeah, that's true. But if you're wearing it against the sensitive area for, you know, a few hours, you'll get a... It's a better litmus test of am I actually allergic or is this just psychosomatic or is it a minor sensitivity or is it only certain types of wool or whatever?
2: Yeah, that's the thing is how is the wool treated? It could be... It might not be the wool that you're allergic to. It could be the, the, the process... That it goes through. It could be uh, some sort of treating chemical that is on the wool, on the material itself, too. Yeah. So, there's millions of different variables with this. Agreed. Millions.
0: Pin wool inside your underwear. <sighs> Who the hell thought of that? Ian, last one of the day. Kay. Love you guys. One more.
1: We're going to go back to a good friend of ours, Sean, the most famous kilter in Ohio have any of the kilt makers ever built a customer's order looked at it and said dang i want one of those this is the inverse of a previous question yeah okay great there, answer.
2: yeah yeah i mean there's some that i looking at i probably wouldn't have wouldn't have been on my radar and then pleated up and go that's actually not bad or yeah or it pleats up well or or you've only seen it on the computer, and then finally a piece comes in. You're like, "I like this for these reasons," yeah. Um, and didn't, you didn't think you would. Um, I'll say this:
0: there's been some some custom weaves that we've done.
2: That yes,
0: we're looking like if a customer comes and says, "I design my own tartan. Here it is. Here's the thread count. Here's the colors. I want to order a piece," and we weave the cloth. And I'm when I get the the order through, I might look at it and go, "Eh." it'll be fine I guess um, it's not that I'm not the one wearing it so I don't care and then it comes in and I'm like hmm that's not too bad um, I've had the opposite <laughs> as well I'd say yeah. just like anything it's there's ones that it, that surprise you both ways mm-hmm. whether it's a an exceptionally good response where you thought it was gonna be bad or the opposite or I thought this one was gonna plead up well and it ended up being horrible or I thought this one was gonna look you know, junk pleated to the stripe, but this guy wanted to pleated it to the stripe, and it actually kind of worked, and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's just like just like you guys, we're still learning in all of this. Mm-hmm. We just have the luxury of being able to see hundreds of different tartans come through the shop over the course of you know a month. So yeah, and even with that, you'll look at something like eh, and I'll look at it and go yep. Oh it's yeah, a, yeah. We Mac have. and I will disagree on. <laughs> What is good and not? Mm. And he's allowed to be wrong. It's fine. <laughs> uh, now, everybody has their own opinion on what they like. And again, that's the beauty of this stuff. It's your personal opinion. And like I said, with, with the tartan that I'm wearing, Royal Stewart Weathered. There are people who saw this and went, ugh, that's kind of, it's too pinkish. I hate that. I would never wear that. I would only wear the Royal Stewart. And I'm the exact opposite. I don't think that's too pink at all. And the regular whale Stewart is boring because everybody has it, but I really like the variation that this offers. So, that's the beautiful part part about tartans is the the complexity and the differences, and it's sometimes there are even subtle differences within the same tartan, but that's the beauty of it, is just changing one little thing could make an entirely different look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Alright, boys and girls, we're about out of time, but I thank you for tuning in. Remember, We do this stuff first Friday of every month. And feel free to send us emails with your questions. We do try to answer them all on the show. And next time you tune in, we'll be here. That's why you're tuning in, because we're here. I don't know. I'm I'm rambling. (laughs) Long day. All right, boys and girls. Until next time. What? You're holding something up. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. What's your favorite scotch? Um, is it an Isla? Is it, you know, is, is there a particular brand that you like? Is there a particular year or a particular brand? Um, Lagavulin is w- my favorite. I'm not, my, my tastes are starting to change a little bit. I, I need to do another blind taste test and see how I feel about a few different scotches. But, Lagavulin does an 8-year, which we bought, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I had the 16. I'd love to try the 8. Tried it. Hated it. Um, 16. Magnifique. So, What is your favorite Scotch? You tell me, I want to know. That being said, until next time, boys and girls, Sláinte Thanks for joining us, guys. Our podcast theme song is Gold and Guns by the Kilmain Saints. If you have a question for us, you can ask it during our YouTube live stream the first Friday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to get social with other kilt enthusiasts, go check out the Kilts and Culture group over on Facebook. You can also find USA Kilts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or over at our website, usakilts.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, Slanjavah.